Welcome to the podcast with the King of Hard Money. We're with uh, Johnny Quarswit and uh, <laughs> Zoe Nadal and Nick Angus and myself, Yanni Raz. We're going to talk about different deals and how we can uh, connect with the new borrowers, how we put it together to create a powerhouse and make serious money with the leads that we're getting online, right? Good. Yes. Okay, so uh, Johnny's been getting a lot of leads lately. And uh, Johnny, talk about the leads, the type of leads that you're getting, where they're at approximately. So the majority of the leads that we're, all, we're getting and you guys will be getting are like fix and flip leads. So they're coming from California, Texas, and Florida through an advertisement. Um, and they basically need a hard money loan. And you know, as we've discussed before, these are people who can't get funding or qualify for these investment properties through a bank because of their credit score or their history or the cash they have to put down, whatever the situation is, you know, they can't get the money and where their last resort basically. So most of the time they're under pressure. Sometimes though, in like our case, since we're running ads, they're shopping around. So we have to play the game a little bit differently, which Yanni, will, he's really good at that. He'll explain it more. Um, but yeah, mostly fix and flip, you know, people that are like buying a, a house that they want to purchase and fix it and then sell it. Um, other leads that are coming in are people looking to just buy and hold. So they just want to buy the property, acquire it and then rent it out. Um, you know, the loan amounts are anywhere from like 200 K to like 800 K right now. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much like what we're getting. Yeah. Now the key to win those leads, the key to, to win, uh, you know, closing those deals, it's the game. Like you were saying that uh, people are going to shop you around. That's what they do online these days. If you get someone that is offline, is not really savvy with internet, with social media and uh, Google, Yahoo, then those are more like the older generation. So it's easier to to talk to them about higher rates, quote them higher fees, it's easier to sell them. Even though from the other hand, they have already a lot of connections that they built over the years and they rather use them. So you really need to be with uh, charisma and amazing personality to win their attention. Now, let's focus online because online what happens, those people, they're gonna go, they're gonna fill up an application on our website and then they're gonna go fill up application on 10 other websites, see who calls first and who's gonna take the deal first. Now, to win this situation, to actually get their attention, you really need to master uh, your personality, how to shine with your personality, how to show them, listen, I'm different. You need to go with me and not to go with my competition because your competition probably it's going to give them better rates just to win their attention. What, what's happening is most people remember Johnny in the beginning when I listened to your call, yeah. you're like quoting them rates and fees right away. So you basically give them a reason to shop you around. The last thing we want to do is to quote anyone. They're all going to try to take the rate out of you to, to understand, okay, you're going to give me 8%, 9%, 10%, whatever it is. Two points, three points, four points, whatever it is. And then they're going to say, you know what, Johnny, I'll call you back. And what they do, they take that information that you give them 
they call the competition and they say, listen, Johnny gave me already eight and three. What can you give me? And now the shopping around starts. So by the time you give them the rate, it, it means that you basically, in my opinion, you lost the game. What I do, I have clients that I basically carry them along with the rates and the fees and, and trying to grab more information from them, personal information, make them more attached to us. Get an appraisal done. Listen, an appraisal is huge because once they get an appraisal and they pay for it, they are yours. Once they give you social security, credit, credit information, uh, bank statements, all those things, they are yours because they already gave you the information. It's very personal. Most people, they don't want to share and they don't feel comfortable to share that personal information just with anyone. But they're going to share it with you because you know how to play the game right. You didn't just give them a rate to go shop you around and then the other smart person is going to tell them, listen, just give me all your information. Let me take a look. You know, maybe I can get you better than 8% that uh, Johnny gave you. Oh, really? Yes, really. Okay, I'm going to send you the information. Now he's going to play the game. They're going to send the information. He's going to say, wow, you know what? I can get you probably 7%, but you know what? Let's get the appraisal done. And once I'm going to see the appraisal, I'll let you know, finally, like it's going to be my final call if I can get you 7%. While Johnny gave you 8%, gave them 8%, right? So in their mind, they, are, they already have the cap of the 8%. Once they get the appraisal done, so the client's already paid for it, they give all the information to the player, basically, the broker, the guys that were presenting like us. Suddenly, you come back to them and tell them, listen, I think I can do 8%. So in their mind, what, what, they gonna, what are you going to do? You're going to be automatically, you know what? Johnny's giving me 8%. This guy gave me 8%. I already gave him all my information. I already paid for appraisal. I'll go with them. You lost the deal. It's so easy to lose a deal. That's why when I listened to you on the phone, I was like, what the hell is going on? I went to a meeting last week and I'm going to meetings all the time. Today, I was supposed to go to a meeting. You know what? I'll give you an example. Yesterday, my son's birthday, right? I'm sitting in my, my son's birthday. Suddenly, I'm getting a phone call from this guy, Louis. You met Louis probably, right? Yeah. Anyway, the loan officer. He calls me, young listen, I have a deal in the South Central. It's not the best deal, you know, but... What can you do for me? And he gave me the scenario. It's like a 60% loan to value, you know, rented. I'm like, wow, nice, okay. And then he's telling me, what do you want me to quote them? I'm like, I don't know. I don't want you to quote them anything. He's like, you know what? Let me just tell them 12% and four points. Let's see if they're going to take it. I'm like, no, you're going to kill the deal by telling them 12 and four. Because when, you, when if they're going to tell you not, let me call you back. They're going to call somebody else. They're going to give them 11 and three. You lost the deal. So I told him, listen, today in the morning, just call me back. Give me the address of the property. Let me talk to them personally. Let me go and meet with them face to face and see exactly what kind of rate they want to pay. What kind of fees they feel comfortable in paying. Because every person think in a different way. They might be okay with 15% and 10 points, but they might be okay only with 8% and 2 points. I don't know. But when I talk to them, then I'll know. So in your case, it's a little bit different with me because I do loans only in LA. So I think it's a little bit easier because I meet with them face to face. You always meet 
I always meet face to face because A, I'm afraid of fraudsters because there's a lot of frauds out there and especially in LA because the loan amounts are so high. So a lot of people come here and they're looking for different properties, especially those that are free and clear. And what their target is to come in and, and commit a fraud uh, and steal money from the lender. It happened to me already three times and luckily uh, we saved because we knew how to structure the loan documents to protect the investor's money but if you don't know how to do that then you're pretty much screwed you know every small time hard money lender here in LA got screwed at least you know once in his career we don't want to get screwed like that I don't want to get screwed that's why I meet with them uh, in person but he's also meeting with them to build the relationship and to put in the work so that they feel comfortable going with him like doing alone with him and like we're not gonna be able to meet with people yeah. as much in person because we're yeah. getting nationwide deals but it's the same thing call them send them texts follow up with them even if you're waiting on something from a lender like act like you're just reaching out to follow up so you can build that relationship with them and they feel like you're helping them you know also the, there is huge competition in la you know for some reason everyone from all over the nation they come with a lot of cash and they want to lend it to people right here in LA. So because of the competition, I cannot do an appraisal. If I'm going to tell them, yeah, I'll do an appraisal, it's more expense for them. It's like another 500 or a $1,000 or $2,000, whatever it is. And then it's another four or five days until they get the appraisal. But they can go to my competition and do it with no appraisal and three days funding. So I'm trying to stay with the competition. So if I'm not going to do an appraisal until at least I'm going to go by myself and inspect the property. When you do loans through the hedge funds that we're using all over the nation, they require appraisals at all time. But you're also doing loans in small states, you know, that there is no competition. Nobody will really want to invest there. So because there is no competition, then you can buy time. You have everything you want right there for you. And just so you guys know, we do have a couple of family funds that we work with that can do a no appraisal loan, um, which is more expensive, you know, like 11%, 10%. So if you get a deal where someone's like really under pressure and they have to close in 14 days or 21 days and appraisal is going to take a month, then we can do a no appraisal loan. Um, now, in those cases, they do send some kind of like an inspection just to look at the Yeah, property, like a BPO. Right? Yeah, BPO. Okay. But they don't do appraisal. They just yeah. say... It's smart to get inside the property at least once. Every hard money lender I know, they made sure that or they going themselves or they sending somebody from their office or someone that they trust to go inside the property, take maybe a couple of pictures, make sure that someone is going to open the door for you. Now, it still doesn't mean that they're not going to commit a fraud. If someone want to commit a fraud, I've been inside properties, I, I, a property that I got in South Central uh, recently. I went inside the property, the tenants actually waited for me, and eventually it was a fraud. They waited for me, I, went, I was inside, everything was perfectly fine. They gave me all the right documentations, I wired $200,000, that vanished. Vanished. Literally, you know, it's crazy. it's crazy, but it's a, it's a very risky game to be a hard money lender. 
You know, that's why I'm trying to train a lot of people so they're gonna understand that, listen, you're dealing with people's money. And when an investor lose 200, 300, half a million dollars, $1 million, everything goes back to you. You know, we are liable for this money. Eventually he's gonna sue you, title company will sue you, the escrow company will sue you, the borrower is gonna sue you, everybody's gonna sue you. And I've been there already three times. I've been sued by, by everyone. Yeah. So what happened now with that property that you lost 200,000? I had to pay attorney fees, like maybe 70, $80,000 and pay uh, another $55,000 cost to the borrower plus the 200,000. I lost like a lot of money. Now how did that happen? It happened, it's a fraudster. Come in and you know, it's all the time there. I get calls at least once a week from a fraudster, but you, today I know how to recognize them by what they tell you, what they ask you, what they want, how they're presenting a deal because they're always trying to make it sweet. They're trying to make it, make, make it seem like it's a slam dunk. And then you go and you're like, oh shoot, it is a slam dunk. But after you fund the deal, you're discovering that suddenly they're gone with the money. It's crazy, but you know, those are like artists. So how do you prevent that now from happening again? I just recognized it from the first call. Not a lot of people can detect it. I can detect it because I've been there three times, you know, so now I know what they're going to ask me next, how they're going to talk. I know their accent, they, the, the way they talk, the way they think, who they're collaborating with. I know the teams. There's only like maybe four or five like team you know, because you need like the title company to cooperate with you, the escrow company, the notary, everybody to cooperate with you. And you don't know that it's happening because you're using big, reputable companies like Chicago Title, you know, all those big companies. And you're like, oh my God, are you kidding me? It happens. Anyways, you need to really be careful. Now, what you guys are doing right now and what we're talking about right now in this podcast is that you know, you're dealing with hedge funds that they're already doing their due diligence. They're taking the liability from us. We are brokering the deal. We're not the people with the money, even though every time you talk to a person on the phone, he's going to ask you the question is, are you a broker or are you a direct lender? Right, Johnny? They're always asking you this question. And if you tell them that you're a broker, they're going to hang up the phone right away. You always say you are the direct source for the money. You actually are the direct source for the money because they had those hedge funds, not all the brokers out there approve with them. It's really difficult to get approved with them. We are approved with them. We are the broker side, but we're really the direct source. So you're always telling the people, yeah, we are the direct source of the money. And then once you're in the deal, like I told Johnny many, many times, don't give them the name of the hedge funds you work with. Once the hedge funds wants some kind of like a form filled up or something like that for them, you take out their name from the flyer or whatever it is, the form that they give you. Yeah. 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 And you put our logo, HML Investments, okay. instead, and you send it to the clients. They okay. cannot know who are you using because what's going to happen once they're going to know the name, they're going to be like, huh, maybe I can contact them directly. Mm -hmm. So they're going to contact them directly. You lost the deal. 
Everything is very delicate here. Every little movement you do is extremely delicate because we are dealing with sophisticated people. People that go and they shop around online, they're sophisticated or semi-sophisticated. Those people that you're getting from realtors right here locally, they're maybe not sophisticated. They don't know where to go, who to talk to, so they talk to the realtor. And the realtor know you, so he comes to you. So it's easier to, to charge them higher rates, higher fees. It's easier to make more money. But with those people that shopping online, you got to be careful. Because they're talking to you right now. They're going to hang up the phone. They're going to call somebody else. But if they like you, if they like you and you know how to play the game in the right way, man, they're yours. They are yours. It's very important. Listen, when I talk to people, you probably see me. I'm always laughing. I'm always welcoming. I'm always like, yeah, you want to talk to me. You want to talk to me because not a lot of people are like that. Like Johnny was in the beginning, very structured, like, oh yeah, hi, uh, Mr. Mike. Yeah, I'm going to do this uh, 7%, two points. Uh, yeah, just call me whenever you feel comfortable. Thank you. That's a no-no. Like, who's going to want to do business with you? Hi, Mike. How are you? How was your morning? Oh, beautiful. Great. I had coffee. Oh, you love coffee? Me too. Oh my God, what kind of coffee you had? You start talking to him, build a, a report. Connect with him on a personal level. You connect with him on a personal level while you are playing the game right. And then he asks you, Mike, after you feel comfortable with you, so what kind of rate are you going to give me? What kind of rate do you want? What are you looking for? Tell me, Mr. Mike. I'll give you whatever you want. It really depends what you want because I'm here to help you. I'm here for your benefit, not for me. I'm not making money on this. You. I'm helping you. I'm saving you money. I'm making you money. I'm getting you the loan. I'm getting you whatever you want. Whatever you need. Plus a cup of coffee. Because you like coffee, Mike, right? Whatever it is he wants to hear, that's what we're going to give him. But we're not, we're not going to give him the actual rate that we know what it is from the beginning. We're not going to give him the fees because we know already what the fees are. We're not going to give it to him because once you're going to give it to him, it's like you're giving it away. And I gave you an example. Sorry uh, um, for giving this example, but I have to give this example. It's like with girls. You meet a girl. I'm sorry about it. <laughs> you meet a girl in a restaurant, right? As soon as she gives herself away, it's like, oh, you know, they can move to the next one. Who cares? That's the way it is, right? But when the girl starts giving you some hard time because she has some value for herself, you look at it in a different way. Okay, wow. Serious. Now I want it more. Now I, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested. Like, you know, I want to know what's going on. It's the same here in business. It's the same thing. Don't give it all away. Because then they're going to run away and just like, you know, shop around or do whatever, you, whatever they need to do. But by you creating the value with your personality, with your charisma, with the way you're presenting the loan, with the way you play the game, they start valuing you in a different way. Wow, this guy Nick, wow, he's serious. Man, I need to deal with a serious guy like this. And he didn't do anything. He just know how to play the game and you share the magic, your magic. 
It's very easy. Very easy. Now, we're going to get a lot of loans. Let's look at the other side that we need to... Because we, we have two sides here to do hard money, right? We have in the hard money side the borrower that we need that he's going to shop around, he, he needs to like us, we need to be careful not to quote him rates and fees, you know, all those good stuff. But then on the other hand, we have the hedge funds. The hedge funds, they're just like the borrowers, but in a different platform. Because what's happening with the hedge funds, they're going to try to maybe get more money from you, so they're going to make more money and you're going to make less money. I do that all the time. They're going to uh, try to see if they can, you know, manipulate the whole uh, uh, situation for their benefit and not your benefit. This is a different game in a different level. And like I always tell Johnny, when you call the hedge funds, whatever they quote you, try to lower them. Even though it seemed wonderful, Still, try to lower them because you can. There are some hedge funds that are so structured that they can't move an inch. But they're also going to quote you exactly what it is they can get you. But some hedge funds, they don't work like that. Some hedge funds, you talk to an, an, account, uh, an account executive there that is a, is a loan officer just like you. And he's going to make maybe half a point, or if he can sell you another point, he's going to make another point or half a point if he split with the company, whatever it is, that this, the way they're structuring it between themselves. But he's going to try to sell you high. How many times, Johnny, you called someone that quoted you like three points, and eventually I told you to lower them, and they lower it to like two or one and a half? Happened at least three times. At least three times, right? If not more. I called and I said, hey, I have another lender who's giving me this, you know, I want to work with you. What can you do on the points? Like, can you lower it? So now, they don't play, now, they don't yeah. play the game right by giving you the quote from the beginning if they're acting like that. Yeah. Because someone that is not, like a hedge fund that is not super structured, that he can't move an inch, like I described, like, you know, like all those big hedge funds, the smaller hedge funds that they can make more money from quoting you higher rates, higher fees, they need to also play the game, like I'm explaining you right now, but they don't know how to play the game. Most of them, they don't know how to play the game. They just tell them, listen, this is your desk, this is your phone, I'm gonna get you some phone calls. You know, just tell them, listen, it's 12%, four points. They don't wanna to try to, to lower them. They don't know how to play the game. I'm a kind of person that I'm more into the personal level. I got, I, I got to go on the personal level because I personally believe that once a person open up on a personal level with you, he's going to be willing to pay more, like higher rates, higher fees, just because he likes you. I totally believe in that. But a lot of people, they don't believe in that. They believe that, listen, I'm going to give you the quote. It is what it is. Take it or leave it. That, that's not the way it is. Now, most hedge funds, you need to learn, learn how to negotiate with them. And it's not that difficult to negotiate with them because for them, they want to make money. And they know that they have a lot of competition out there. And the competition is huge, especially if you're going to fund deals in places like Miami 
or Chicago, New York, places that that there is competition. You know, I'm not talking about the LA because LA I'm taking all the market myself because it's so competitive here. So competitive. But when you go to places that are competitive like New York, Miami, Chicago, then they have more competition, the hedge funds. So they have a reason why to negotiate with you more because they want the deal. They want the business just as much as you do. So let's say Borer Mike going to call you right now. You know how to play the game with Mike. You connected with him on a personal level. You got all the good stuff going. Now you agreed 10% and two and a half points. That's going to be what you quoted him basically, sort of. Okay. You still can move around with the rates and fees during the escrow time because anything can happen. There's a lot of changes and I'm actually making the most money in the time when I give him the approximate quote to the time of the funding, because a lot of things change in those days. A lot of things can change. Now let's say I quoted him 10%, two and a half points. Now I'm calling the hedge funds. Hi, Mr. Hedge Fund, ABC, LLC, whatever. Uh, I have uh, this deal, let's say the house value million dollars, they need half a million dollars, 50% loan to value, they have good credit. What can you get me? You know, I can get you probably nine and a half and two and a half points. Nine and a half and two and a half points, my first reaction. Mm -hmm. You know, let, let's do, let's do, let's make it sweeter. Let's say we have 10% and two and a half points. Let's say you quote you 7% and one point. Huge for us, right? Huge. What's my response going to be? What? Are you crazy? That's super high. Anything that he quotes you, anything. 5% and two and 5% and no points. What? Are you kidding me? I got 4% already. Anything that they quote you, it's high for you. It's not good. So from the borrower side, when you talk to Mike, Mr. Mike, it's all good. Everything is great. In the hedge funds, nothing is good. Nothing is working. Make it work for me, please. You have two people, two you know, two different interactions with two different individuals that you need to act in a different way. Okay, so let's say we got from Mike 10%, two and a half points. Most likely you're going to get 9% and two points from the hedge funds. On average, let's say eight and a half, eight, eight to nine, 9%, two and a half points. You already covered because you gave Mike uh, 10%, so you quoted him a little higher, but he likes you, so he's going to go higher. You're going to surprise him because you might going to give him a lower rate because some hedge funds, they don't allow spread. What is spread? Spread is the difference between the rate that the hedge fund gave you and the rate that you sold. So let's say you sold Mike 10% and the hedge fund gave you 9%. There's 1% difference. That's the spread that can go to us. Sometimes some lenders allow that. Most of them don't. So if they don't, it's okay. When you talk to the hedge fund, you know that Mike already, you close with him 10%, two and a half points, half a million dollars loan amount. Okay, now you talk to the hedge fund. The hedge fund tell you, let's say 9% and two points. Now, 
you making only half a point because they're going to take two points, right? You don't want to make half a point. So you know you have 1% spread between the 9 and the 10. The 9 that they quoted you, the 10% you sold Mike. So you have room to play 1%. You always need to room to play with the hedge fund. So now you talk to the hedge fund and tell them, listen, what if I can get you 10%? Can you lower your fee? Because you, we make money on the fee. So instead of charging us two points, maybe you, char you should charge one point and then take 10%. You take the 1% on the back end. So now you make one and a half point, but that's still not enough because you gotta be greedy with the hedge funds. You gotta be greedy. If they're gonna tell you, yes, I can do it one, one, one point, I'm sorry, one point and take 10%, you call them back and you tell them, listen, I think it's not gonna work. I think we need half a percent. You just gotta squeeze them and squeeze them as much as you can. I'm not saying it's gonna work 100% of the time, but you gotta play the game. Listen, when you go to the ring, you know, like a boxer go to the ring, even though he's great in playing the game, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You're not gonna win all the time, but you're not, you're gonna give it all you got until, the, until we're, gonna, we're gonna know exactly if you won or you lost the game. It's very important. So you gotta learn how to play with Mike, the borrower, and how to play with the hedge fund. Okay, so now Johnny has all these leads that we need to call them. The way we call them, we're calling to really build a report with the person. We're building a report on a personal level and on a professional level. The professional side is holding the loan submission form for HML investments right next to you. You have it, right? You, you have it. Okay. So you're looking at the loan submission form. Let me open it up on my computer one second. Just so we're going to talk and say the right questions. And I'll show you how I would do that how would we should call that orange county investor over here but the orange county investor is going to be a little bit different because i might going to take him in my direction more we need some someone like something more structured okay. i have one for zoe that i got today it's in hebrew i want you to talk to him but it's not going to be good for the podcast so okay so i have the loan submission form in front of me the same you're going to do also in the, with the, the Israeli guy, right? That want the loan, right? Okay, so I have the loan submission form. Hey, Mike, how are you? How's your day? You had coffee, blah, blah, blah. You, you're building the report for a few seconds with him on a personal level. How can I help you? Now he's going to give you a spiel. And he's going to tell you how he can help him. Now, it's very important, this question, how can I help you? Because... You want to hear from him with his tone of voice and the way he speaks, how we explain you the whole situation. Some people are going to explain it to you like, oh man, I'm so stressed out. I really need the money. I need this. I need that. I really... He's going to give everything away. He's a really bad poker player, right? Really, really, really bad player. I already talked to like 50 different lenders. Nobody can do it. I'm willing to do whatever it takes, blah, blah, blah. You're like, Smelling money. That's it. Because a guy like this, you don't have a lot of people like that. But when you have a guy like this on the phone, and that's why it's important for you to ask, how can I help you? 
Just tell me, tell me, give me information. All you need is information in the beginning of the call to build the report. How can I help you? And then he's giving all away. He's smelling money. Now, if this deal is good and we can do something with this deal, I guarantee you, you're going to make a lot of money on this deal because this guy give it all away. He showed that he's stressful. He need the money right away. He already shop around. All he needs is someone to give him a hope to make it work and he's going to pay anything. And then you have other people that are maybe better players. They don't think themselves as a player. They just, they're really shopping around. They, they really want to see how they're going to get the best deal. And they're going to tell you, listen, I, I'm looking at the house. I need to maybe refinance or purchase a property and I need some money. Uh, did you talk to any lender? No. The fact that they said no, it doesn't mean that they they saying the truth. Because 99.9% .9 of the people, they're going to lie to you. 99.9%. And they're not going to lie to you because they're liars. They're going to lie to you because they're trying to take their benefits and to see how they can get the best deal. It's okay. Because we're going to lie too. But not because we're liars. Because we're playing a game right now. And I believe in poker. Like this is, It's like a poker game. He's bluffing you, you're bluffing them. They telling you something, you tell them one thing. You know, they, 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 every person, you know, they, they, they do the, their own thing because they want to make the most money or they want to save the most money. Whatever benefits them. Exactly. So once you start building the report on a personal level, so you go to the borrower's name. We're looking at the loan submission form. What's your name, sir? And then he give you the name. Let's say he gives you like, uh, you speak Hebrew, an Israeli last name. Wow, okay, so you speak Hebrew? Yes, oh my God. Now you're connecting on a different level. Let's say he has a Hispanic last name. You speak Spanish. Oh wow, habla español, oh you speak Spanish? Oh my God, what? Now you're connecting on a bigger level. The name is important. What kind of name you have? Like long, short. Listen, every little detail means something. It doesn't mean a lot to many, many people. And that's, that's why I think there is good salespeople and you know, bad salespeople because the good salespeople are looking at any little minor detail. And that's why I do. I do all that all the time. So borrower's name. And then the second question, borrower's entity name. Now, entity, you have an entity? No. Uh, can I open an entity? Okay. Now I got an answer that is not as sophisticated because there's people that are extremely sophisticated like me, for example. If I'm going to buy a property, there's going to be an entity waiting for this property to be on. Why? Because I'm not going to buy a property under my personal name for many, many reasons that sophisticated people know. So if he doesn't have an entity, you ask him why you don't have an entity. It's opening some kind of like a a, 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 a tunnel to start asking questions and to understand how sophisticated this person is. Why you don't have an entity? Did you thought about opening an entity? Did you ever open an entity for any of your properties? Actually, it's my first property. Oh, oh, I got another thing. It's his first property. He doesn't know. Or you have another person that tell you, Oh yeah, I opened a property to the 10 other properties that I purchased, but this one I decided not to put it under my entity. Huh. So it's going to make me think, why?
maybe he wants to buy for him to live in. Then you don't need to put it on the entity, it's for your family. It's different, but he had 10 other properties before. It gives me some kind of like a tip. Everything is building a report. Now you, the entity type, LLC, corporation, personal. Let's say tell you corporation. Most investors that buying properties under uh, an entity, it's normally under an LLC, limited liability company, not under a corporation. Corporations normally are for companies that like HML investments, we're a company, you know, we're not buying properties with this company. We're lending money, we're doing real estate, we're doing all those things as a company. But when I buy properties, I always buy them under an LLC. So there is a big difference. So if someone tell, say corporation, oh wow, so you own a company, what do you do? And then you start building a report there. What do you do? What do you, let's say he tells you, oh, I do real estate. Wow, okay, that's a big answer. We need to understand, okay, you do real estate. We need to know that. This is extremely important information, right? Everything, every little detail is important. If he tells you an LLC, okay, so you know that you should open an LLC to buy a property, so it's an important information, as well as personal. If it's on a personal level, aha, uh -huh, so you're on a personal level, so you don't know that an LLC or corporation, that's how you, you know who you deal with. Subject property address, so you take the address, type of property, residential, commercial, or others. Other can be uh, industrial, manufactured, mobile, land, construction loans, whatever it is that uh, we do, but we need to know the type of property. Uh, estimated as is value. Now, the estimated as is value on a refinance all the borrowers, all of them, not 99.9%, all of them, they're gonna estimate their property value higher, okay? Always, it's always gonna be. Okay, so you estimate the value $1 million. What's your estimated future value? Let's say $2 million. They're of course gonna estimate it higher. You're not expecting. There's no way that they're gonna estimate it lower, okay? Even if they're professionals, like me, for example, I'm gonna estimate it higher. I don't know why it's something in my head that I'm, I'm gonna estimate it higher, it doesn't matter. So we need to do our own estimation all the time. So now you're asking him estimated, there's his value, estimated future value, you give you the information, you write it down, what does he think? Appraisal was done, yes or no? If they saying yes, it should, be a red flag because when an appraisal was ordered in the past, it means that he talked to a loan officer. He talked to some professional out there because borrowers not just gonna go and order an appraisal. It just doesn't happen. It's not gonna happen. So if he has an appraisal, then he was talking to someone professional. You're not gonna t tell him that. You're just gonna build a report. You're gonna start building yourself you're you're gonna you, you know how i tell you you need to draw the picture if you can't see the picture clear in front of your eyes you can't close the deal and this puts the picture the picture together all those little details help you to put this picture together so appraisal was done yes no whatever it is total loan amount needed and loan to value ratio so 
Total loan amount needed. He tell you, let's say, we, we continue with Mike. He need half a million dollars. Loan to value ratio of 50%. We know that. Credit score, what's your credit? He give you, let's say, 700. Now, if he didn't run his credit score, most likely it's lower. It's, you know, they're also estimating it higher for some reason, but we'll check the credit anyways. What's your exit strategy? To sell or refinance? It's very important question because if they're selling the property, so the estimated future value that they gave you from the beginning, it's very important for you to understand if it's a good deal or not, if they're estimating to sell it. Okay, so let's say you're gonna sell the property. You have already a realtor? Yes, no, why not, why yes, who is that, whatever it is, all the questions. You need to really build a report. Guys, it's very important. If they're refinancing, okay, so you're gonna refinance. What kind of a loan are you gonna get? A conventional loan? If they're gonna say a conventional loan, okay, so you're gonna to need to show taxes, credit, bank statement, everything, full doc. You need to check those things. Now, if it's in California, you need to make sure you have all this information and to tell them that we can actually do the refinance for you. So you take two loans in one. Two loans in one, it's good. Okay, so you need to know the exit strategy. Occupancy, if it's owner-occupied or if it's investment. Now, owner-occupied is a big no-no in hard money. Big no-no. It's a Reg Z violation. When you have an NMLS license, you understand how severe it is to quote someone that doesn't qualify for higher fees and higher rates while he occupies the property. It's very, very risky and we don't want to deal with that. Now, we do have a couple of hedge funds that do owner-occupied. So we're brokering the deals to them. They do all the paperwork, they do the underwriting and if they're okay with it, then we let them deal with the headache. We can grab a point, two points, whatever it is that we can make on the deal and just transfer it to them. But we'd rather not do owner-occupied ourselves. We'd rather do investment. Now, if they say it's investment, so what kind of investment? What is it, fix and flip, uh, construction, uh, long-term investment? What type uh, of investment we're looking at? And then we're looking at the section, property information. Now you need to understand the property, the building's uh, uh, square feet, a lot, number of units. Uh, Ask all these questions? Yeah, it's, it's all in the form. Okay. It's very important to ask those questions. Now, if we have an appraisal, that, so all this information is in, our, in the appraisal, we can also get this information from title. If we go to title, we can get all this information, but it's good if you ask him this yeah, information. Um, if they involve. Yes and no, but, but it's more just like, you know, because you want to talk to them. Mm -hmm. The longer you talk to them, the better it's for you because they're getting more attached to you. You want them to be attached to you. You talk to people that come to you online and they definitely gonna to talk to other people. Why are they gonna to talk to you and not to them? Why are they gonna close it with you and not with them? It's extremely important, extremely important. 
They're going to make you believe. Again, they're going to lie to you. Not because they're liars. They're going to make you believe that you're the only one. They're going to make you believe that they're going to close the deal with you. It happened to me many, many times. Many times. They make me believe that the deal is closing. I'm working on the deal. I'm getting close to funding. And then I discovered they funded it with somebody else. And they didn't even call me. Why? Because I didn't care. Because I, back in the day when I started, nobody was there to guide me what to do. So someone made me believe, really, like I was a fool. He made me believe. And oh my God, I remember those clients. I remember those deals so well because they affected my whole career. They made me believe that everything is working fine. I called them. And even though my gut is telling me that something is wrong with the deal, I ignore my gut feeling because I'm like, okay, everything is seem okay because they're saying it's okay. I believe them. I shouldn't believe them. Something is going on. Always. It's always like that. Recently, we had, we had a deal that uh, Johnny and I, I don't know if you remember the one on Oakley in Hollywood Hills. I didn't do that one. I gave you the very beginning and gave you this one. I, I don't think we, we worked on it so much because I, I, I kind of like slack off on it because I had so many loans going on and I kind of slack off and the order payoff with somebody else on Friday. I was like, what? I called the guy, I was like, you refinancing with somebody else? He's like, Yanni, listen, I talked to you. You seem very, very busy. You know, you, you're not paying attention to me. You're this, you're that. I'm like, you know what? You're right. He's right. $2 million deal. Two million. I lost forty thousand dollars on it because I was so busy. Like, listen, like two months ago, I had so many deals. Like, oh my god, I, I, I couldn't even keep up with them. I had so many deals going on. I couldn't keep up with them. It's my fault. It, it is what it is. It's, it's okay. Listen, we're not computers. We're human beings. You know. And sometimes when you're gonna have like. 20, 30 deals in the pipeline is you need to deal with all those people and the properties. You need to meet things. And oh my God, it's like deadlines. It's getting crazy. So sometimes you're going to lose deals here and there. You know, right now, the way you're doing things with the CRM that we have, with the lead structure, everything is going to be structured. You're going to come into the office in the morning. You're going to look at your computer. You're going to know exactly who to call, when to call, what to do, who, who not to talk to. But I personally highly recommend you to always, always call them. Always, hey, how are you? How was your day? Good. Oh, just wanted to let you know everything is going well with the loan. We are now on the second stage or on this or whatever, you know, just to keep, you know, to keep things going, just to make sure that they understand that you are working. Everything is okay. You want to hear from their voice if something is happening, if your gut is telling you, that something might be happening against you. And then when it happens, you come to me and you talk to me and I make the call to him. And I want to see if I feel the same way. If I feel the same way, something is going on with the deal. We're going to start building the report all over again. You start the whole lead from the beginning. From the very, very beginning to understand where did you go wrong? Listen, to be a good salesperson, it's an art. It's an art, like, like artists that writing songs or, or actors. It, this is an art. Not everybody can make money. Most people, they can't make money. There is 
like uh, more people, the salespeople are like kind of like average, making up to a hundred thousand dollars a year, and then you have the top one percent that making millions of dollars, and everybody's looking at them like, wow, how do you make so much money? That's how they make so much money because they pay attention to details, you know, they follow up, they're with with their their you know with their gut all the time listening to their gut whatever they got is telling you because let, let me tell you something and it's in my book unstoppable if you didn't read it you need to read it really in my book unstoppable because of poker i realized that every time my gut is telling me something and i don't listen to it i lose even though it seemed like it's unreal what my gut just told me i still need to follow up with it it always happened to me in poker games. It always happening to me that my gut is telling me that the guy is bluffing, but then I'm saying, oh man, but it's a lot of money to put everything all in right now. What if he's not bluffing? And then the voices in your head start creating some kind of like a, 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 a mechanism of like, oh, okay, you know what? Let's make it truth. Let's make it a reality. Just don't call him. And then he shows you a bluff and you're like, oh, why did you listen to my gut? Man, it happened to me so many times. And in reality, it also happened to me last week, for example, someone came to me uh, asking for $950,000 loan. He buy a property for 1.15 in North Hills. I went there yesterday, actually, yesterday in the morning before my son's birthday. I went there just to look at the property and my gut told me that something is wrong. And you know what? I wasn't wrong. I was not wrong because I told him last week before I went to the property, I'm going to do this for nine and a half percent and one and a half points. Now, I told him that because I wanted the deal. The deal is good. I have an investor that's willing to put all the money. Everything is ready. Normally, I would take minimum two points. But I told him, you know what? I know that, I know that you're bullshitting me, but I'm okay with it. One and a half point is fine. Let's just do the deal. I went there and I told him, you know what? I'm okay. I'll do it because I was on a rush. I need to go to my son's birthday. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll do it. I, I really like the lot. The lot is huge. I went back home and while I'm driving back, I'm like, I think this guy is just trying to play games with me. Seriously. This morning he's sending me an email. Listen, uh, I think we can get uh, uh, 8% from somebody else. Can you match it? Not this fucking guy. This guy pissed me off so much. So I emailed him. I'm like, you know what? I think it's better you're gonna go with the other guy. He can't get the 8%. There's no way he's gonna get the 8%. It's not, he's not gonna get it. But he's trying to play the game with me because he thinks that I'm a bad player. So my move on him right now is like, I'm not gonna fund the deal. And this is him calling me right now. I swear to you, I swear to you, this is him, look. Now, you see, right now, boom. Right now, he called me. Hmm. Right now, he you called me. But I'm serious. This guy is, oh my God. Cool. This is so ridiculous. No. no. He's Persian. Persian. Look at him. Let's, <laughs> let's put him on the phone so we're going to make it real. Okay? We're still recording, right? The podcast. Okay? Let's put him on the phone. This is so crazy. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Michael. 
Hey, I just saw that you called me. I'm so sorry. That's okay. It's no problem. I'm wondering, uh, what are we going to do with this prepayment clause? I don't know. Now you confuse me because of the rate that you showed me on the email you sent me this morning. I was like, what the hell is going on? You, you guys... You guys are out of control. Listen, I'm ready to do it, you know, the way I gave you, like, you know, the structure that I gave you. Listen, I, I don't do less than two points. I gave you one and a half points. I gave in just to get the deal done. I want to close it. I want to gain the relationship. I'm okay with it, but there's no way I can do less than that. Less than what? Less than uh, nine and a half that I quoted you. No, I'm not asking for for less than that i'm talking about the prepayment that that's uh, i mean we agree with the terms my client will uh, i'm sure i, I the three I, I, the three months is fine it just you, you caught me off guard because of the email you showed me with like the eight percent that someone else quoted you oh yeah i mean this is it's ridiculous like you know i i cannot i, I cannot even touch it yeah i understand i mean uh, well, you're going with 20%. With you, we're going to... Yeah, so... The other one is 25% now. But, yeah. I mean, I, I, will, I will understand that part of it. Now, I mean, the only issue is the prepayment. I mean... Uh, I'm okay with the prepayment. Let's just close the deal. Okay, so we're, so we're not going to have a prepayment? And no, we will have a prepayment. You wanted three months, right? Well, you know, the, the whole issue is my... My class mentality is uh, he is afraid of it, and I don't know why, but he's afraid of it. I mean, with Sam, if we were buying another property with Sam, and he even did not mention about the payment. The thing is, look, I need some kind of a guarantee to my investor that you're not going to pay him off in two days, and then he didn't make any money. So it's going to take him two, three months. At least it's going to take him one, one month for remodeling and two months for... Uh, he usually goes with light dogs. Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay, let me ask you a question. Am I going to do the refinance for him? Uh, I don't know. How can you do it? I, I just don't know. Yeah, I do conventional, of course, all the time. No, he's, no, he's, he's not going to go for co conventional. He's going to go with light ducks. I understand. That's stated. I can do that too. That's yeah, not a problem. I mean, okay, yeah, if, I, if I'll do the loan for him in a couple of months, then I'll talk to my investors about uh, no prepay. Why don't you do that and then let's put this together and then let's work together. I have a bunch of these investors like this guy. Got it. Okay, let me call you back. Let's make some money. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Did you see what just happened? Live. Wow. One sec. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's calling me back one sec. Oh, no, he called by accident, I guess. Anyways. This guy, so he sent me the 8% in the morning. Now he's telling me, oh, that was for 25%, not 20%. They're all playing games. Everybody's playing games because they, he want to make more money. Sorry, he want to save more money for his client. I want to make more money for me. But there is a limit. You can, you know, there's so much you can do. And that's where it's important. You know how I always told you, Johnny, from the beginning, you got to know your competition because... 
this guy came to me with 8% right now. If I didn't know the competition and what's going on out there, I would be like, you know, maybe he's right. But maybe 8%. You know? Like, I know because I know what's out there. Because I'm always calling people. I'm always talking to people in the industry. You know, so it's take time. Like... You need to talk to the hedge funds. You need to learn how to talk to the hedge funds. Once you talk to 10, 15 different hedge funds, you know the rate that is going on. Let's say approximately the rate is 8%. And suddenly you call a, a, someone and he tells you, listen, I already got 6% from ABC, whatever. And you're going to be like, ABC? I just talked to them last week. They actually take eight. What do you mean six? So he's lying to you. You're going to catch him on a lie. It's important to know your competition. Johnny is the master in that. You know, and that's why Johnny is the guy that's taking care of everything because he already knows. He did the homework. He needs to do more homework. It's never enough. Like me, I, I'm always like refreshing myself, always trying to learn more and more because things are changing. The market is changing. It, it's, if it's the real estate market, you need to learn. Or if it's the lending market that you need to learn. You need to learn both. But you always need to be on top of your game. Always. Um, let's go back to the loan submission form. Now that you already kind of like establishing a relationship, you're asking questions. If it's a refinance, okay? In a refinance, it's a higher risk. Why? Because in a purchase... Most likely they're coming in from money from their pocket, they put it in escrow. So you know, let's say Mike is buying it for one million, you put half a million dollars down, half a million loan amount, great, we know it's easy. But when Mike come and tells us, listen, it's one million dollars, sorry, one million dollar value, and then half a million dollars loan amount, the one million dollar value is questionable. Why? How do you know the value is $1 million? I have an appraisal. Okay. How do you have an appraisal? From who? I just ordered an appraisal. You want to look at that appraisal. Now, you have some savvy investors. Mike can be a savvy investor. That they, they have their own appraisers around them, chilling, hanging out. And then when they need an appraisal and they need evaluation of a property, let's say, let's say Mike has a property that's worth... 800, but you know, he needs it for 1 million to get a better deal from us. So he goes to his appraiser, his friend. Hey, what's going on, Joe? Listen, here is 500 bucks. Raise it up to 1 million. And he's going to raise it up to 1 million. Now, it's easy to manipulate hard money lenders because there's a lot of hard money lenders that don't know what to do. They don't know how to play the game. So when Mike going to come with an appraisal of 1 million, they're going to say, oh, but I have an appraisal for $1 million. It doesn't matter where the appraisal comes from. Appraisal is an appraisal. They're going to use this appraisal to give him the half a million dollars that he wants for a rate that's supposedly 50% loan to value, which is not. We do our own appraisals. We don't trust anyone to do an appraisal. Anyone. Except if it's hedge fund. Hedge fund, they take the responsibility themselves. If it's my money, let's say you come to me to, to lend the money myself. I want to use my guy. I have, a, I have two appraisers that I've been using for 10 years. They're the only people that I get appraisals from. Two, no, also last week. I don't know if you remember, I put it on Facebook. I went to a place in East LA to look at those shops. Remember I put it on my story? Yeah, you said it doesn't really look good. Yeah, exactly. I said it doesn't. So I went there. 
I'm coming outside. I'm like, okay, what is this property? Oh, this property worth one and a half million dollars. We need to get $800,000 loan on this property. And I'm looking, I know the market. I'm like, okay, doesn't make sense that it's worth one and a half million. What do you do there? Uh, it's two stores and small lot in the back for parking they claiming and the house. They saying the house we live in and the two stores, there is one liquor store and one furniture store, but both stores are closed. I'm like, how can it be? So they're not open for business. So I start asking a lot of questions. Eventually I told them, listen, I need my appraiser to go inside if you wanted to do the loan. So they got really upset. What? You don't believe us? Blah, blah, blah. How are we going to do that? We can do business like this. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll go. Bye. I don't want to lend you the money. They thought they can manipulate with me because they stopped playing the game. But I'm a better player. That was in the very beginning of the week. They called me uh, two days later because I didn't call them. They called me two days later. You know what? Bring your appraiser. Let's do the appraisal. My appraisal went there. You pay for the appraisal? They pay for the appraisal. That you order? I ordered, he ordered the appraisal with my appraiser. Okay. He contacted my guy. I gave him, my, his name is Jack. I, I told him, listen, you call Jack. Jack gonna know that you called him, that you need to call him because I already texted him. You ordered the appraisal. You need to pay him at the time of the inspection. I'm not gonna pay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they paid him. He did the appraisal. The appraisal came $928,000. They, they thought it's 1.5. I told them, listen, based on this information, I can give you $550,000. They threw a fit. They threw a fit. No way, we can't work with a lender like you, blah, 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 blah. And by the way, I told them, listen, you don't have to, uh, to hide the fact from me that you're going to... Um, probably grow cannabis there, marijuana. Mm. And they're saying, why did you say that? I'm like, I knew it since day one. I just didn't want to say anything. First of all, the, the, the two guys that came to me, they're all like, you see that they're... They look like... <laughs> they, 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 they look like something is no good. And warehouses, like in those areas, the way it looks, because I know the market so well and I've seen those so many times, I know they're going to grow there. I know they're, they're doing something no good. And they didn't want to open the door. I'm like, I knew it. I have seen it many, many times already. You don't need to come back and tell me the appraiser doesn't need to talk to me about it. The appraiser called me. He's like, Yanni, do you understand that they're going to grow cannabis? And I'm like, of course I understand. What are you kidding me? You're not telling me anything. I don't know. I just wanted to know the value because I base my decision on the actual real estate. I don't care if they're going to grow heroin there. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I give them money based on the real estate. The real estate worth Nine hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars, five hundred fifty. It's okay for me, at twelve percent. When I told him that, first of all, they threw a fit on the five hundred fifty thousand, and then they called me back after a few hours because they need the money. Listen, the borrowers, they always, they always getting the better deal from you because they're getting the money. Any person that's going to live with a half a million dollars is a winner. So I want to win. I want him to win at my terms, your terms. That's how you're learning how to be the perfect hard money lenders. Let them win. Let them believe they won under your terms. 
but you are the brains. You are the, the, the engine behind everything because you know how to protect yourself and your investors. One day, you're going to lend your own money. One day, you're going to understand that lending money is actually better than buying real estate. I prefer all day long to lend my money. All day long, better than just buying real estate. Unless if I buy a steal. Because if you buy real estate, there's a lot of implications coming with it. Most of the flippers that come in with me, that they, they, I, I help them to flip their properties, eventually when the when they time to pay off the loan is due, they come back to me and I'm like, I made more money than them. Or I made as much as they make. But they had to run through the city inspectors, they had to talk to contractors, they have headache. You know, it's crazy. It's not easy to... to to do construction, there's always things popping up and you need to make payments on time to Yanni all the time, you know, to make sure everything is going well, late fees, there's all kind of things happening. And what do I do? I'm sitting here with you, teaching more people to be successful and I make all the money and I'm like, I'm not doing anything, I just wired the money, I made wire, that's it, one time. So eventually, secretly, we are the winners. They don't know that. We are the winners. Unless if you have people that really getting steals, which is extremely hard to get, especially these days. You know, I do buy properties every other month or every two, three months, whatever. I get a steal. Like the property I'm, I'm, I'm just buying this week in Glendale. This, buy, this property worth one and a half million dollars all day long. I'm buying it for 1.1. So I'm not going to buy it. Of course I'm going to buy it. But if I would have to buy it for 1.4, eh, you know what, maybe I wouldn't buy it. 1.3, I would think about it very well, but maybe I would buy it, maybe. But 1.1, it's a steal. I'm, I'm buying it all day long. I'm probably going to flip it. I'm putting a sign tomorrow. You lend your own money too? Of course. Yeah. I'd rather lend my money. Because when I lend my own money, I, I'd rather... Did, because it's all I'm going to put in the stock market which is really bad because I lose money all the time there, or I'm going to buy properties, mm -hmm. you know. Buying properties now in the market 2021, it's super high. It, it doesn't make sense here in LA. It doesn't make sense. You know, you buy a property for a million dollars, you can rent it out for $5,000. Wait, you don't make any money. But, if, but imagine now that you put the million dollars aside and you make 10% on your money. This is a lot of money coming into your pocket every month. And you're not doing nothing. You don't need to look for tenants. You don't need to remodel the property. You don't need to have an egg with anything. Uh, so how long you lend your own money? One year. One year? I always wanted to move. Always. Like it's a process? How you begin, how you begin to... Um, to lend your own money? Like certification or... For what? To lend money? Yes. No. You're an Just investor. Investor? Yeah. When you come to you me and tell me... When you come to me and you tell me, listen, Yanni, I, I have $200,000 aside, I want to lend it out. I'm going to look for a loan. I'll give you, you know, you wow, put the money in. That's, it's very, very simple. A lot of people calling me to invest their money. But I choose only few investors that I have very, very strong relationship with that I know that they have tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. I work only with them. 
I don't want to. I don't want the small time people that have hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. It's too much headache. I don't need that. You know, you on the other hand, you're gonna need it in the beginning, but eventually, by like in the two, three years from now, when you're gonna be more established, you're gonna close a lot of deals. You're already gonna be up there. Then you're gonna think like me. You're gonna be like. Why am I going to invest time building relationship with a guy with a hundred thousand when I can invest the same time in a relationship with a guy that's worth a hundred million dollars? It's the same thing, yeah. right? And life is so much better because with those people, they want more. Their demand is higher. They go to nicer places. They do other things. And guess what? They're going to take you with them. And that's what I do. I'm connected like. Seriously, my best friends, I'm like the poorest guy in my, in, the, in my friends. The poorest, poorest, like way poor. Because all my friends worth tens, seriously, so much money. Oh my God. Tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions. I don't even know. But all I know is that they have unlimited source of money just waiting for me to invest for them. Unlimited, unlimited. And they never put a limit. And they, they're investing with me approximately two to three million dollars four million dollars a you month money for them, so. yeah situation. for everyone yeah so now that we're focusing on those deals with the hedge funds you already have the money you have those hedge funds that worth billions of dollars you don't have to worry about the money the money is there you have to worry about making sure that mike the borrower is going to be with you He's not going to be with somebody else. The money part, you're going to learn in time. In the next year, two years, you're going to learn in time how to, to manage money, how to bring money from people, how to put it together. I'll help you to put it. It's easy. Very, very easy. But you got you to gotta make sure that the money is insured in the right way. And there's many different variables to insure this money. Because if something happens to this money, you are screwed. You got, you got to remember this, seriously. Only one deal can take you out of business forever. One deal. One deal goes wrong and you are out forever. It's, it's very risky. It's scary. Yeah. You're not going to worry about it. We're using, we're, we're using hedge funds, so... When you use hedge funds, you shouldn't be worried about it because they're taking the responsibility. When you're using me, I'm protecting you because I know. I've been doing this for 20 years. I already know. When someone comes to steal my money, I already smell the guy. He doesn't, he's just going to say hello to me. I'm going to know already what's going on. Those two guys that I, that I met in the, with the appraisal, the 928, whatever, last week, those guys... I didn't trust because they couldn't open the doors for me. I couldn't enter inside. They were a little bit, you know, iffy like that. I wasn't sure about them. The way they saying it's 1.5 million, but I know that it doesn't worth more than a million dollars. Something was wrong. I didn't know what it is, but when they opened the doors to my appraiser, an experienced licensed person that I trust, and he went inside, he inspected the property. I called him, I talked to him. He felt the same way I did. I felt the situation is right. We can lend the money based on my terms and my terms only. And that's the way it is. 
Okay? So now, going back to the loan submission form. This is a good podcast. Over an hour and 15 minutes. Amazing. <laughs> hour and 12 minutes. Yes. I have a question. When, when yeah. your appraisal is lower than their appraisal, what happens? You know, like I, go say, with, I go with my appraiser. But what, what happens on their part? Do they say, we'll go with your appraisal? Or do they try to argue saying, no, my appraiser said a million, yours is saying... They can argue that. as much as they want. I make the final decision. This is my money. When they come and they ask for me half a million, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'll give you half a million. But yeah. the half a million, the half a million is going to cost you this and that and this and that. You know, it's very important. You know, so it's all going under your term. You make the final decision. This is your money. Okay. So if they're telling me the appraisal is no good, okay, feel bad. Go with somebody else. They're going to call you back. Believe me, they're going to call it back. Unless if it's, it's, if it's a really good deal and I'm going to teach you how to look at a really good deal. Normally, it's the equity, you know, that makes it a really good deal. But the borrower can be also. So, it's a combination. Anyways, going back to the form. If it's a refinance, as I said, refinance is the most riskiest one because we need to really understand what the value is and what the equity is on the property, which is our protection, our biggest, biggest protection, the equity. You ask him the purchase date. When did you purchase this property? You want to understand exactly when you purchased it because if they're going to tell you, listen, I purchased the property last month for $1 million. I need $1 million loan right now but you just purchased it for a million dollars a month ago. How can it be? What, what's happening here? You're going to start suspecting, building the report. Or they're going to tell you, I purchased the property last month for $1 million. The value is $1.5 million or $2 million or whatever it is. Why? Well, you just purchased it. Now you need to do more investigations. You need to understand when you purchased the property and how much is you purchased it for. It's very important detail. Total of amount, uh, total amount of existing liens. So we all know liens, right? Liens on the property. How many liens you have on the property? We need to know what kind of liens you have on the property. What, what is it like IRS liens, property taxes liens, mortgage liens, hard money, mechanic liens. What, what kind of liens you have? What do you owe on the property and why, of course? Why do you have those liens? We need to understand judgment, child support. What, what, we, what are we looking at? What are we looking at? We need to know that. And then we sit and discuss before talking to him. Cash out uh, amount needed. If they need a cash out or not. Some people don't need a cash out. Some people need rate and term. Okay, so if you need rate and term, it's much easier to make a decision because you basically pay what they owe to the other lender. But if there is cash out, here we're looking at the deal in a different way because now he's trying to kind of like milk the cow that he owned, the property. He's trying to milk it. Why are you trying to milk it? How are you trying to milk it? How much are you taking? Is it really worth milking it like that? We need to know. Uh, existing lien. What do you have? First, second, third, 
as far as mortgages, right? What kind of uh, liens you have? What kind of uh, positions? It's very important to see how, how, many, uh, how many times you took money on the property. And existing mortgage type. Do you have hard money, conventional, SBA? SBA is for commercial properties. FHA, it's like conventional by the government. What type of mortgage you have right now? Now, if you have a hard money, so we're basically taking a, a headache from another hard money lender. Why are we taking this headache? Do we want to take this headache? Why the other hard money lender doesn't want to extend the loan? Why he doesn't want to give you cash out? Why, 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 why? There's a lot of whys. If it's a conventional loan, why do you want to take a conventional loan and put a hard money instead? Conventional rate is like 3.5%. Hard money is 10%. Why would you want to do that? There is why. Big why. What is going on here? Lien status. Current, default, or in foreclosure. Maybe he's in foreclosure. Maybe he's under a default. Maybe he's in a default and he doesn't even know that he's on default. Maybe he's current and everything is okay. Why? Why? Where? How? As many questions as possible. Property taxes. Are you current on default? We need to know that. Uh, loan type. So they need cash out. They need rate and term. Rate and term is just to pay off the other lender without taking any money out. Second trust deed or a construction loan. We look at each, each one of them in a different way. Second trust deeds really hard to do, but if you can do, then the rates are higher, you can make a lot more money, um, but we need a lot more equity in the property. If it's a construction loan, so construction loans normally is from uh, ground zero, someone has land or maybe someone turned down the property and they need a construction loan cash out if they need maybe to fix uh, fix the property what whatever they need the cash out for we need to know um, if it's a purchase purchase price listed price and time on the market why this is important if the purchase price is one million dollars listed price is nine hundred thousand dollars and time to, time on the market Two months. Is this good situation? It's not a good situation. Why it's not a good situation? It's been listed for $900,000 for two months or one month, let's say. Okay? $900,000 for one month. Nobody bought it for $900,000. This guy is going to buy it for $1 million? What is wrong here? Something is wrong. We need to know what is wrong. It's important to ask those questions and you have all of it in the loan submission form. Uh, purchase prop purpose, flip, hold, or development. We need to know that. Transaction uh, status is extremely important. You need to know if they're in contract or not in contract. Because if they're in contract, the clock is ticking. Because they have, let's say, 20 days or 15 days or 30 days to close, the clock is ticking. The time is against them, not you. So we need to know if they're in contract or not. And then the time needed to close. So if they're in contract and they tell you, listen, I have 10 days to close. Now you need to play the game right. Because he's shopping around and his time is very limited. You need to buy time. Because the 
the more time you buy, the more pressure is going to be and the most chances are he's going to go with you because he doesn't have time to shop around anymore. He doesn't have time. He removed contingencies. Now his money is exposed to, to a big loss. He needs to close the deal. So no matter what you're going to quote him, with, with a reasonable, of course, he's going to close it with you. So it's a very important question. And then you put all the notes of, uh, of what you feel about this loan. And, you know, that's really what you need to do with every lead that I give you. Every single lead. You build a report, personal level, professional level. You build strong report. You feel good about it, about the report. I feel good. He feels close to me. He talks to me nice. We laughed. You know, we talk a little bit personal. And, but we got a lot of information, something to talk about. You can talk to me or you can talk to Johnny about it. But we need to talk about it. You take the loan submission form. You print it out with all the information. You got to fill everything up. You don't leave anything blank. You fill it up. And then we sit here. And we talk about it. And then I tell you my opinion. Maybe we put him on the phone the first like few calls. We put him on the phone, me and you. And if, if we see that, wow, this is a go, then we move to start negotiating with the hedge fund. Now we go to negotiate with a hedge fund. John is going to show you how to do it. It's very easy. You get the hedge funds. You got this, you got that. Boom, you put them together. You close the deal. And it's very fast to close deals. Very fast. Questions before we're gonna close this because I have a guy waiting for me outside. Um, so we have to ask all the questions, and if they have information, they don't know. For example, the square feet, like can you check? Yeah, of course. As I said, the property information you can check on title. Okay, so you go on title, you check, you put an address. You already connected with title. Yes. Uh, okay, so you go on title, you type any address. And you're going to get all the information on the property. The reason why you ask those questions from him, because you want to hear it from him. Yes. You know, when I talk to brokers that give me deals, they tell me, oh, my client want uh, 9% and two points. Let me talk to your clients. Let me see what he wants. I want to hear it from him. I don't want to hear it from the broker. Because the broker, like you, you heard now on the phone, I'm talking to a broker now. And I did it really to create a relationship with the guy because I heard the guy is... He's, you know, big time, he has a lot of deals, blah, blah, blah. I gave him one and a half points, which is like extremely cheap. It's a lot of money. I'm still making a lot of money. $15,000 I'm making on this deal. But I could make probably $20,000. I'll, I'll, I'll forgive him the $5,000 just to gain the relationship. I'm okay with it. But normally, I, I won't listen to him, to this guy, Michael, I just talked to. I'm going to talk to his borrower. I'm going to meet with him. I'm going to see if he's lying to me, if he's pressured, if he's not. I'm going to hear his tone of voice. Listen, you guys talking to the people on the phone, you're not going to meet with them face to face, most likely. So when you talk to them on the phone, you got to listen. Keep your ear and listen. You know, the, 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 the biggest salespeople in the world, they are the biggest listeners. If you listen to your potential borrower, you're going to get all the answers you want from them. They're going to tell you what they need. They're going to tell you what they want. And all you got to do is just repeat what they already say to you. So it makes the sell so much easier. Okay. Makes sense, right? Yes. 
Listen, just listen, listen. Let them talk. How we start the conversation? How can I help you, sir? Tell me. Just tell me how I can help you. Let him talk. Let them talk. Nobody will want to listen to their problems, but you do. You want to listen to everything they want to say. Everything. If, how do you talk to the borrower if the, if the agent doesn't want to give you his information? Or are they supposed no, to? No, you will him? talk to him eventually. The agent sometimes, actually most of the times, they're not going to want you to control the deal because they're not going to trust you. They're going to think that maybe you're going to try to go behind their back. But once you're already entering the escrow, it's good. Don't talk to them. Give them the quote that they want to hear. But then during escrow, remember I told you I make the most money during this time in escrow? Because then you talk to the borrower and a lot of things change. The clock is ticking on them, not on us. You know, a lot of things changing. Suddenly maybe the value comes $2 lower. Oh, the guideline was this and that. And that, 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 that. The rate is not 9 anymore. It's 9.5. You made another half a point. Everything can change. But you got to talk to them. You got to talk to them. At least once. At least one time, just talk to them. It's all talking. Listen, this business is all talking. Just talk and talk and talk. That's it. So go over the loan submission form. Look at it. Okay? We're going to make some calls today. You're already making some calls. It, the guy from Florida ever called you back? No. No. Okay, we no. need to call him. To... Yeah. You talked to me, though. No? no, I didn't. So we need to call him today. I have another guy for you that we need to call him today. Uh, you have some leads that you got today? Um, I just got one, but it wasn't good. No? No. Okay. I think next time maybe you should let them make yeah. the calls, you know? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're going we're gonna to do it good. And you're going to share with me everything, please. Because really, once you're going to share with me, I can make it so much better for you. So much better. It, it, for me, it just it's so easy. Because I've been doing it for so long. You mean after we finish to fill all the information you want? Yeah, let's sit here talk and talk. Yeah, let's sit here and talk about what happened in the call. What did they say? What did you feel in your gut? You know what? When he told me that he drank coffee, I felt that he drank tea. I, tell me. I'm just making like stupid comment. But tell me. I want, I want to know. Because I want to get into their head, to their mind. Because I know how people think. I know what's going on in their head. Eventually, this is not about the money and business. Because there's plenty of people that are giving, us, giving Mike, the borrower, the same exact thing that we're going to give him. But what makes, makes us different is the, the personality, the, 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 the fact that we're listening, the charisma that we, we the, the magic that we have, the things that we bring to the table that, that other people don't have. And maybe they do have, but they don't know how to use it because they don't think that they need to use it. I go to a lot of conferences for mortgages and real estate. And most of them, they work in all those big companies and big companies that are always afraid of lawsuits. So they, they making everybody structure it in a way that be careful to say this, be careful to say this, be careful to act like that, be, be careful like... They always need to be careful, be careful, be careful. Here, it's different. We are not a number. We are people here. We're individuals here in this family of HML investments. And here we care about each other and we're going to take each other to the next level. 
We're going to be millionaires together. We're going to make money. We're going to create success together. That's what we're doing here. And that's why it's important that every deal, you come to me and you tell me everything, the good and the bad. I want to know everything about the deal. So then I'm going to help you to solve the problem, to make it not a problem, to close this deal and make money on this deal together. And you're going to see, you're going to make double or triple of the money that you could make by yourself with me. I guarantee you this. Raz told you, right? Raz told you. Every deal that he comes to, almost every deal, sorry. Almost every deal he comes to me, he charged two points. Suddenly with me, it's five points. He charged three points. Suddenly with me, it's seven points. It's always changing because I, I think differently. I see things that people don't see. Because of the experience I have and the experience I have with people. More than business. Forget about business. I have experience with people. Look, I'm not a guy that went to college. I want to, I'm not a kind of guy that, that read books all day long just to educate myself from reading books. I educate myself from meeting people. You know, from sitting with you and see exactly your reaction to everything and the way you talk. The way you move your eyes, your lips, your hands, the way you do right now with the pen. I see everything. I see everything. Every, I don't say that I see, but I see everything and my mind process everything. So this can help us to make more money. In the beginning, at least. You're going to see in two months, three months, you're going to swim in this. It's going to be easy for you. Easy. Okay? Ready to go to work? Yes. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and uh, Johnny and Nick and Zoe and Yanni Raz here. Thank you guys. Raz it up. All right. Let's go make some money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.